welcome to Project Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to the continuation of our premiere episode of Project Vox Populi, brought to you by Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I want to thank you for joining me for this first witness interview. If you haven't listened to the introduction of tonight's interview, I encourage you to stop this audio now and listen to it. It's available to everyone. Go to our website, VeritasRadio.com, and you will find it in the past shows section, which aired on May 15th, 2012. After you listen to that 30-minute summary, then return to tonight's interview. First, some background. What is Project Vox Populi? Vox Populi means voice of the people in Latin. Back in November 2008, I was compelled, pushed, convinced, fill in the blanks, to embark on something that would change my life forever. And believe me, it has more than I could ever imagine. As you may have heard me mention before, without any experience or knowledge in broadcasting, I interviewed a man who kept a secret for over 50 years. Of course, I'm referring to Milton Torres. That's where the phrase, be skeptical, but don't close your mind, originated, and we have adopted it permanently. Milton Torres will always have a special place on Veritas. Although I have been privileged to interview a vast array of stellar guests, I have always felt that there is uncharted territory with the people. I'm referring to people who, more than likely, have never been given a platform to speak the truth in a way that allows them to share their stories in a dignified and respectful manner, without fanfare or censorship. It is now the people's turn to speak, and I'm proud and honored to begin with tonight's interview with our first witness, Walt Willis. When Veritas started, I never imagined it would become what it is today. The same invisible push that became the catalyst for Veritas and Milton Taurus is the same push that has created Project Vox Populi. We are all witnessing the inception of something new, something important, something that can and will help us connect more dots. Just to recap, Walt Willis and I have been in contact for over three years now. This is very reminiscent of my first Veritas interview. A few days ago, out of the blue, I felt compelled to place a telephone call to Walt Willis and asked him if he had a few minutes. Aside from what he and I have discussed for a few years, we have not spoken before. There was no preparation and no research, aside from what he had discussed in the past. What was supposed to be an informal few minutes became a three-hour interview, which is what you are about to listen to. To many, Walt's story will appear hard to believe, and although we have to always remain skeptical, we should do it with an open mind. Bear in mind that because we don't have commercial interruptions, I allowed Walt to expand as much as he could so we could experience his story in chronological order. Also, there were a few instances in which Walt did not want to discuss or release a few personal stories because they are of a very personal and emotional nature. However, Walt has agreed to keep the audio in its entirety, as is. I hope Walt's story will motivate and open the door to the many people out there who have an important story to tell and have been too afraid to come forward. Walt has already made it to our Manticore Forum, 
where he has answered a few questions, and we will continue discussing tonight's interview there. I have no doubt that you will have many questions, and Wald will be happy to answer them to the best of his ability there. If you are a Veritas member, you know where to find the forum. If you are not a forum member, simply follow the instructions to register. Wald has provided proper identification to me, and I can tell you he is who he says he is. However, even he cannot explain some of the information you will hear tonight. He has two main purposes in coming forward. One, he wanted his daughter and grandchildren to know his truth. And two, he wants to motivate others to come forward so he can further explain what he has gone through. With this being said, let Project Vox Populate begin. Just like Veritas, who knows where this will take us. I hope we can all get closer to the truth, and I thank you for being part of it. As always, please support Veritas by subscribing at VeritasRadio.com. This is the only way we can do this. If you have an important story to tell and want to become a Project Vox Popular witness, we want to hear from you. Write to us at VoxPopuli at VeritasRadio.com. That's V-O-X-P-O-P-U-L-I at VeritasRadio.com. We definitely want to hear from you. Thanks for joining me in this new journey. It is comforting to know that unlike Veritas, where I started completely alone, this time you are all walking with me. Walt Willis, our very first witness, is coming up next. This is Mel Fambergas, and you're listening to Project Vox Populi, brought to you by Veritas. Hello, this is Mel Fabregas from Veritas, and today I have a very special guest. This is probably one of the first interviews I have done with somebody you are probably not familiar with. His name is Walter Willis. Hello, Walter. How are you? Good, Mel. How are you? Great, thanks. Uh, may I call you Walt? Sure. Well, you and I have been in touch with each other for at least over three years since I started Veritas. And throughout this time, you have never deviated from your initial story. Back then, in 2009, I believe, I thought it would have been appropriate to start more contact and conduct an interview. But my gut feeling said no. And the reason why it said no is because at the time I was just starting. And I knew that it would be more appropriate to wait until the future until perhaps there's a certain level of credibility and when I feel I have earned the respect of my listeners. I'm saying this in, in the most humble manner. And the people that I bring to the show, although sometimes you do your best when you do your vetting, sometimes it's not 100% guaranteed. But recently I had this feeling that I needed to contact you. So we made a connection once again. And I read a few days ago something you sent me. It was almost a legacy for your grandchildren. And I decided it was time for me to bring you on. And we debated if to keep your name anonymous. And I recommended to you to use your name because this is the best way to protect you. But without further ado, 
I would like you to do, introduce yourself to the audience first to say who you are, and then we can start in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mel. Um, my name is Walt Willis, and um, I'm not going to give you a birth date, of course, but I will tell you this. Um, what I'm going to tell you is not going to be any extra other than what I know. And if I separate something from what I know to what I believe from what I've you know found out from other people, because the more I've told people my story, the more I get more information back from other folks that have been afraid to say anything for fear of recrimination. So uh, with that, I guess uh, you can... From what you read, you're welcome to um, pick my brain for more details, and I'll be happy to share that with you and your listening audience. Let's start from the beginning. First, you were with the military. Just a quick snippet. You left the military what year? Uh, July 26, 1969. And what branch of the military were you with? The United States Army. Okay. And your last rank was? Uh, PFC. Private first class. Okay. And your expertise acquired in the military, can you just talk a little bit about that? Oh, God, you were, I, don't know. I guess in boot camp, uh, then I went to AIT, and then I was duty, st- I got a month off to, for Christmas, then come uh, January 1st, I had to be in Germany, Freiburg, Germany, on uh, the 1st of um, 1968. I, I went there to through 69 when I was just, uh, separated from and rotated back to the United States. How long were you with the military? Uh, two years, draftee. Okay. Now let's go back to the very beginning. Where were you born? I was born in St. Francis Hospital in Wilmington, Delaware. And um, should I give the year? Sure. 47. <laughs> uh, what month? Don't tell me July. January. Okay. Hmm. January 47. Hmm. Okay. And did you live in a rural area in Delaware? Well, from there, we, my grandparents, my mother was born in Poland. So, and my grandparents um, had a farm in, on Blackston Farm in Delaware. And we lived there for the first 10 years, I guess. And I spent most of my summers down on the farm. It was a 410-acre farm in the middle of Delaware, just outside Smyrna or Clayton, Delaware, where um, I, I, w- I lived in this house that was built in 1684, two-story house. And, of course, living on a farm uh, without electricity or running water was kind of a, an interesting thing to spend for your first year. I learned a lot about uh, farm life and I had a cousin who was part Cherokee that he spent a lot of time down there teaching me about how Indians could make bow and arrows and canoes, and he always used me as a guinea pig <laughs> and taught me how to shoot. And I helped a lot on the farm while my uh, summer months were spent there. I Then we went moved to Wilmington itself in town. Okay. Now, you had a first experience. I can't use the word abduction because I don't know exactly what happened. But what happened? Strangest thing. It's the strangest thing I ever... Normally, when I was on a farm, I would be the first one up and I would take the kitchen stove and convert from coal back to wood, kindling, you know, tinder kindling, and get it going again for my grandmother to cook breakfast. 
being on the farm at that time, it was my grandfather and my grandmother. They would sleep downstairs in the middle of the house. So I would sleep upstairs on the west side. And, and I would be the first one up before the rooster crows. And they do crow about 4 a.m. before it gets late, actually. Mm. It, and for some odd reason, I didn't get up that morning on time. But but I'll tell you what it was like when I went to bed that night. I, sl- I slept on my, on my back. And... Something made me wake up, either a noise or a premonition or something. And I woke, I just sat up, pitch black night. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. How old were you? I was about five or ten. I forget exactly. Okay. I wish I could remember better. But sitting up straight, and I and I first I thought, what? You know, it's like it was a voice talked to me or a premonition, I guess you call it, ESP. And I just sat straight up in bed with my covers up around my neck. And I looked to the left into the other room, and there was a doorway. And lo and behold, I kept staring at that one spot, and I don't know why. And try to imagine translucent, from translucent, you know, like transparent to translucent and to solid. Mm-hmm. Three creatures became visible as they were kind of like floating right across the floor toward me. And the, like the wall around the door wasn't even didn't stop them. They just kind of kept becoming more more solid. And they came within, I'd say, two feet of the side of my bed. And by the time they got within four feet of the side of my bed, they became totally solid. The tall one in the middle was much taller than the other ones, more than the head head taller than the rest of them. The heads were just like you see the grays on TV, but they had more like a childlike face to them. And the, the, little, the little ones did. And the other one, tall one in the middle, I thought was like a ghost, father ghost or something. It looked like they had been in a fire. It, that was my impression. And I was thinking, I, I, I actually had a thought, like I was trying to communicate with them, like, are you okay? And I felt like uh, they were coming ghosts from the Blackson ghost, thanking me for taking care of the gravesite out in the field. I used to fix the fence and trim the grass and say a little prayer for them, you know. Mm-hmm good Irish Catholic kid would do. Sure. And then the, um, the strangest thing is uh, I, they, I reached over to touch the closest one to my head on its left shoulder in, in an empathetic way, asking if it was okay. Are you in pain? I said, and in my thought, I didn't come out and say it voice-wise, but my thought. They, that was my thought. I guess I could read my thoughts because it told me back again, and it came into me as a thought, don't touch him. <laughs> And that kind of startled me when it, when it did that. Just, it said, lay down, go back to sleep, everything's going to be okay. And so being scared out of my mind, uh, I slowly lowered my body, my head back down on the pillow. I pulled the covers over top of my head and tucked them underneath the back of my head. I pulled the covers in the side, and I, I just shook in fear. And I, I thought, this can't be happening, you know. <laughs> this is just a bad nightmare. But I was very much awake, I can assure you that. It wasn't a dream, and I wasn't on psychotropic drugs, and I, like I say, just ate normal food out of the garden on the farm, as if you would be in a third-world country, how you grow your own food. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I remember that weird feeling of uh, floating, like a, like we call it when you become, um, I'm a pilot too, so I can tell you, it's, a, it's like being in an airplane and going into a dive. That's the feeling I had, and then I blacked out. And I thought, man, that was really bad. And then the next morning when I couldn't get up, my grandmother's yelling at me, and 
and I, I'm panicking. I'm, I got up. I was kind of a drowsy, doozy feel, like drowsy, you know what I mean, like disoriented and tired. Mm. And, and and I had a lot of energy in me. I was a young, you know, kid full of energy, abundance of energy. Now, I got downstairs. I met her halfway into the house to the, toward the kitchen, and she looked at me and was wanted to insist that I go to the doctors because she said the whole side of my left side of my face was like red, really bad. And she does it hurt? And she's, you know, concerned. She's getting ready to take me to doctors. And I hate, I fear doctors. I don't know why. But I, I told her no, I was fine. And um, then I asked her before we continued on to the kitchen. I says, I says, Bobshi, that's a Polish word for grandma. I said, Is, was there anything strange you heard or saw last night? And she just looked at me. She says, smiling. She says, no, why? And I thought to myself, this is crazy. I never had anything like that ever happen before, and but these things are real. And oh, I can technically describe the middle one. It the, the little ones, the two little ones were identical. The one in the middle was taller, and it was uniquely different. Proportionally, the head wasn't as big, and it looked more human. If that helps you any, the body, of course, is like what you see—the skinny. They don't have the muscular body that they show in some of these pictures. The bodies are not muscular. They just look frail. And this is not a dream? No, this is not a dream. (laughs) Wish it were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'd be a lot easier to deal with. (laughs) And I put this in the back of my head for many years. And, um, but at my age now, that was the only time. No, there's other things that happen weird like that too. Not what they showed themselves. I think I had SP. I think it was like an extra century ability that I could, what do you call it? precognition? I think where you mm-hmm. can predict things and see things in the future, or whatever. Or, or precognition, I think they call it. Okay. And, and I believe that's what it enabled me to get up. And I think I surprised them. I think I surprised them, where they kind of sneak around at night on people. Did you feel different after you returned? Other than. Other than that, I was really weary, tired, like worn out, and like I was, I was spent, you know. And normally, I was full of energy. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a. My grandfather used to say, "Slow down, Whitey." I had like white hair, you know, and he mm-hmm. said, "Slow down, you're, uh, you know, you move too fast. You're gonna." In fact, he told me, he says, "You see those jets up in the sky?" He says, "They, they go fast. They burn up. You need to slow down some." I just was full of energy, and I, and I guess that. Um, that, that morning when I got up, it was I was so worn out, like feeling, and that burn on the side of my face that my grandmother witnessed. Um, I never told anybody this until just recently. I kept this to myself. I never told my mother and my father, my grandmother, no one. I just don't, you know. What made you talk? Well, my daughter turned forty, and I want her to be aware, and I want the grandkids to be aware that there's, there are things out there that most people are not aware of, but they need to be aware of. I guess I want to share with... And since I took the time to write all this down, like, which I gave you, I thought, since I took the time to write it down, I'm going to share with others, too. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, you listened to my very first interview with uh, Milton Torres, who kept a secret for over 50 years. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean, first of all, who's going to believe you? Right. You know what I mean? Um, if you, if they don't believe you, why tell them? It, it just, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it's like I saw some strange things in my day, and 
and and and I, if you read what I wrote pretty well, you you read that I did some. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.